0: the day has arrived. I don't know when it started for you, but yesterday, as I said, we had our Christmas day yesterday, and as predicted by my son before he went to bed, he said, I will be up at quarter to six. And sure enough, quarter to six came around and he was up. And he'd opened his stocking and uh, he was ready to go down and open the presents. Now, as your children get older, the presents get more expensive. When your children are young, you can spend a little bit of money, but buy a lot of stuff, especially with pound shops. My mum, my brother used to dread my mum at Christmas because she would buy all this cheap rubbish. There would be black sacks full of wrapped presents for her grandchildren. And my brother would have to try and work out how to get all of this kind gifts, my mum and dad saw it as, into the car with two small children and two adults. And it was always the fun game of Christmas Day to see if you could actually get all this stuff in um, the car amongst the children. But you see, the older the child gets, the more expensive the presents get. And the bigger the expectation that they'll receive the latest thing. Last year, it was the LOL doll, I'm told. I have a son, so he's not into dolls. But apparently, it was the LOL doll, and they were being exchanged for about £200 on eBay because nobody could get hold of this very important thing. And people will go beyond the realm of sensibility to make sure that they get exactly what the child wants. I remember, again, when my niece and nephew were young, my niece was into Teletubbies. What people see in that program, I don't know. When my son came along, we watched the same stuff. But um, at the time, Teletubby toys were the in thing. So we're going back 20 years. And my mum got these Teletubbies, all four of them she managed to get in Toys R Us in Wood Green, North London. And she was being offered serious money when she left the shop for these things, because everybody had to have. But I wonder if this year we've got all of our preparations done People go around supermarkets like they're never going to open again. And they load their trolleys up. With the expectation that everybody in that one day... I remember as a child, my mum would buy stuff and it would be laid out. And you'd say, this stuff would be there a week before Christmas. And you'd say, can we open such and such? No. That's for Christmas. So on this one day, when Christmas Day came, was she expecting that everything that was piled was going to be eaten in one day? It wasn't, was it? But the expectation was it was for that special day. And people get themselves into all sorts of financial difficulties at this time of year. They borrow money like it's gone out of fashion. They use credit cards just so they can keep the excitement of those they're buying for um, at its highest. Uh, But they lose the reason for the season. You always want to see a smile on somebody's face, don't you, when they open a gift that you've bought them. You don't really want them to cast it aside and think, "Oh, why did they bother?" I don't know if any of you have ever done secret Santa at work. To me, Secret Santa is something that should be cast at the bottom of the sea. Secret Santa, um, my son did it at school, and I thought, well that'll be all right. just a, a couple of packets of chocolate. He's only 11, but no. This child said, I would like... Now, you're not supposed to know who you're buying for, are you? That's the old idea of secret Santa. It's supposed to be a secret. But he was told, no, I want a PS4 game that's second-hand, please. So this is the day before this game had to be in school. So I go to the second-hand shop, CEX, in Hemel Hempstead, and I buy a game, and I think, have I bought the right thing? I don't know. But Secret Santa's took on a whole new realm. You actually ask for what you want. I thought that the whole idea was that you got a surprise, but there we are. Um, We did Secret Santa when I worked in an office, and... um, People knew that I went to church, and uh, this guy got my name out of the thing. And he went to church too, but he went to a Catholic church, and uh, they were very much into their ornaments and uh, things. And he bought me, which he thought was lovely, this little angel that you lit a candle, and when the wings warmed up, the wings flapped, you see. Um, So that soon went to a charity shop after Christmas, and somebody else got to enjoy that. And another year, I got um, a um, a roulette wheel. You know, you hope that people, when you've worked with them for 10 years, would know what your likes and dislikes are. But families don't even get that right sometimes, do they? And people that you know really well don't get it right. I know every year my mum would buy me something and it would never fit. And my dad was the same build as me, so she could have like used him as a model, but it never did. So it we always went to the charity shop. And I thought, well, you know, the thought was there and it was a nice gift. But sometimes uh, gifts don't always float the boat, as it were. And we can lose the true meaning of Christmas through all the wrappings and all the fairy lights. It amazes me. We moved house about four weeks ago and it's just incredible how many people choose to light up the outside of their house. And I think, well, what's the point in that? You don't see it, do you? Unless you spend your night in your front garden So, but there we are, but that's what people want to do. And people do it for charity, and that's all good. But amongst it, we lose the true meaning of what it's all about. God prepared for this day in the 66 books of the Bible. God prepared in the Old Testament for the coming of Jesus, And in the New Testament, Jesus came. But towards the end of the New Testament, Jesus will come again. So the whole thing is about preparation. And people prepare for this day, sometimes at the last minute. There'll be a lot of men that were out shopping late yesterday afternoon because they hadn't got anything for their wives. We did it easy this year. My wife bought presents and wrapped them up and put our names on them. It's nice and simple, would not it? But lots of people forget. How can you forget when the 25th of December is? It comes the same time every year, doesn't it? But people get lost in their own busyness and forget they haven't bought something. So lots of people go round the shops in a drunken stupor. My dad always used to go shopping on Christmas Eve buy my mum all sorts of weird things and ask the kids to wrap them because he couldn't, because he wasn't in a fit state. So you wonder how many people have opened up to things this morning that they really, really wanted because they were bought in speed and haste. Lots of people shop on the internet. Amazon running around like headless chickens dropping off parcels with the hope that the gifts will please the people they're bought for. Jesus' gift to the world was himself. God's gift was to give his only son, that the world may have the greatest gift of all, and that's eternal life. God in Isaiah, through the prophet, spoke the words that we read earlier, for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given. Those words were before the time of the gift coming, but they were to prepare the world for this greatest gift that would be sent from heaven above, that would change the world forever. He would be the greatest counselor, the one that would bring peace. And we know in our world today that we are desperate for peace, aren't we? We don't see much peace around, much goodwill to men i don't know how many of you watch breakfast television breakfast news on bbc one uh, but there's been a man on there for the last few weeks called terence and terence has spent 20 years on his own every christmas until this year uh, when he volunteered for age uk because there are a lot of home um, lonely people And Terence being lonely thought, well, how can he help somebody else not be lonely? And the way he did that is he volunteered. But there were all these surprises that were given to Terence. And he was very emotional because people had taken the time and the care. But there's a message to us. There are lots of lonely people around, and it doesn't take much to make them feel unlonely. There are lots of people that are sad at this time of year because they've lost loved ones. There are lots of people that have um, had a tough year. My Jack, my my Jack. My son's comment the other day to me uh, when we were having a horrible mental health issue. He said, I've had the worst year ever. And people come to this time of year with different Feelings and different emotions. For some it's a happy time. For some it's a sad time. For some it's a time of dread. Because you've got to socialise. Some people just don't like being in other people's company. But they're forced to be in that. And put silly party hats on. And pull crackers. And and do things that they wouldn't generally want to do. Um, And... It's not an easy time of year for people. But again, we have to remember the reason for the season. We read in Micah, um, I'll give you a little task. On that one verse, see if you can write 1,500 words by next Sunday on what the significance of Bethlehem was. There you go, there's your task. That's what we had to do when we were at Bible college. And you just had that one verse, and you had to look at it and write 1,500 words about it. But it made you think about that verse in more depth than you would do generally. Bethlehem was a small, insignificant place. It was the smallest of clans. There wasn't much going for it. But you see, God had plans to be, make it the most significant place, the place that now stands in history, that people flock to year after year after year to pay homage to Jesus Christ. People go to this small, insignificant place to give thanks to God for his greatest gift. It's the place of David's line, We know that Mary and Joseph went there. And they were going to register in that place because it's where Joseph was from and he had to go back to his hometown. And the reason they had to go back to their hometown was they had to register for taxes. Not the sort you get in to go to London, but money taxes, so it was the council tax of the day. You had to go and register, so you paid your taxes to the Roman Empire. So they went to this place, but they got there, and Mary was heavily pregnant, and there was no Bupa Hospital in Bethlehem. There was no Ritz Hotel, and all of the dingy inns were full because everybody was going back to their hometown to register to pay their taxes. So when Mary and Joseph arrived on Donkey, there was nowhere for them to go. So Mary and Joseph were offered a stable. Now there's some questions whether this was a stable in the sense of a wooden building or a brick-cavey-type building. But what we do know, it's the place where the animals were. Now, when you give birth to a child, I understand that you give birth in a clean environment, hygienic environment. You don't generally give birth in a stable. But you see, there was nowhere else for (coughs) Jesus to be born but in a stable. And we were told in Luke that he was placed in a manger in the feeding trough that it was normally. But you see, this was God's plan, that this greatest gift would come into the world as a baby. But he would touch the hearts of your normal person because he would be born In an abnormal kind of way. And Jesus came as a small baby, and shepherds came. Whether the kings came, we won't debate that now at that time, but they all came to pay homage to this gift. Little did they know how much this small baby would change the history of not only their day, but of the world and the big change that would be coming their way. How would it have been for Mary and Joseph at that time? The expectations of God was that this child would be called Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. The fulfilment of Isaiah would come true in the birth of this child. And we would see this child being born in this insignificant place that then would become the most significant place in Christian history. Mary and Joseph had a big responsibility on their shoulders, didn't they? Bringing any child into the world causes us to have great responsibility because we want to care for that child and do our best by them. But Mary and Joseph had the ultimate parenting responsibility. They were looking after the saviour of the world. But I wonder when they looked at that baby in the manger, did they realise quite the significance of this small child, and that that child would point the way to salvation for many And that child would be the ultimate sacrifice upon the cross for the sins of the world. So this Christmas Day, we receive the greatest gift of all, and that is the gift of Jesus, God's only Son. And we can choose amongst the wrappings and the tinsel and the turkey or the nut roast, whatever floats your boat, whether we accept the gift that god gave or we cast it to one side like we do the wrapping paper so what would your choice be this year to accept or to reject what is the reason for your season today and hopefully jesus plays a part in that